So I'm going to take us, I just got to say that it was very good to see that actually the one who is in charge of the times and seasons is God. And today, as much as I would have loved to go to the next level, I'm going to do more of a revision, but that revision is going to be very important, very significant, I believe, in the sense that we talked about three things that we needed to take special note of at the last session. I believe all of you remember. Who can tell us the three things we needed to remember in terms of God's covenant? Anybody, please? His covenant with people, with places. Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I was going to say with time, but I don't Somebody think... Somebody added the time. Rhonda <laughs> has yes. added the, the time, so that's good. Uh, so now I said as I joined that Honestly, I'm very excited because a lot of the things are things that God said he was going to do that are happening now. The only thing is if you don't see from God's perspective, you will be tempted to begin to lament. There are people who say, Jesus, when are you coming? Because the earth is going completely bonkers and, you know, the nations are going to the dogs. I, I say, who said say, that? And they will mourn. Sorry, uh, Dr. Riverson, what did you say? I think it was a, a, a mistake. Just oh, please go. All right. So, you know, people think that, well, things are going completely bonkers. You know, uh, the, the, the nations of the world have gone to the dogs and all that. That's not true. That's not true. God is in control. In fact, you know, Psalm 2, you remember that was one of the Psalms I shared the last time. Where do the nations rage? And the people plan a vain thing. The kings and rulers of the earth take counsel together against the Lord, and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. But he who sits in heaven shall laugh at them. He will hold them in great derision. Why? Because he knows that he actually is in charge of everything, even when they think they are now in charge. He's laughing because he's using them. Proverbs 16, verse 4. You know, even when this, there seems to be wickedness, he said the wicked he uses for the day of trouble. But don't let me go too far and wide on that. I had just gotten to the point that I was saying, I want to start where, you know, uh, Apostle Nicholson happened to have landed on, which was the aspect of Isaiah, chapter 19, verses 23 to 25. But I want to start from, you know, 19, verse 19, because it's important we would have started right from verse 1, but let me just go straight to verse 19. And let me use a shorter version because the version I was on was 
the amplified and it really amplifies it and I want to make the most of the time tonight. So let me take that Isaiah 19 verse 19 and we start looking at it together. Glory to God forevermore. All right. I believe everyone can see my screen, right? Yes, sir. Yes, you can, and it's clear enough. Maybe I should widen it. That makes it easier and better to follow. Okay? In that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord at the border. Now, this has been an area, for lack of a better word, of quite some debate. People used to think, well, Egypt cannot be anything other than the present-day country of Egypt. But let's face it. What God has been talking about is beyond that. Because this is the land of Egypt in Isaiah's day. Those of you that have an understanding of that would know that what God was referring to here is much deeper than you think. I hope we really understand that. Are we together? Can everybody see my screen? Yes. Yes. Sir. yes. Excellent. Excellent. So, you see, in that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst, not at the border, in the midst of the land of Egypt, meaning it is actually going to be in the middle, it's going to be in the center, it's going to be within, not at the border edge. And the pillar to the Lord at its border. So, on Egypt, in Isaiah's day, which is still the Egypt today, is the land of the Nile with the, you know, southernmost or furthest source of the Nile being on Mount Ngozi, which is at the border of three nations, namely Rwanda, Burundi, and Congo Democratic Republic. So these three nations at the border is where you have the beginning of the river Nile. And then the next source is from ginger. Ginger, not as in the English ginger, but J-I-N-J-A in Uganda, which is supposed to be in Lake Victoria. And then the other source for the Blue Nile now is in Ethiopia. And again, for the land of Ethiopia, from where you got even Egypt, if you go historically, that land happens to be the whole of, maybe let me just put it this way. There was this um, thing about, if I should, you know, quickly talk about that. There was this thing about the... Um, map of Africa for 1644. Now that map of Africa, which incidentally, I first sighted physically in uh, Mount Sochi Hotel 
in Blanta, Malawi. I don't know if he's still there, but I was privileged to hold a seminar for leaders, both government and business leaders. Very, very few, you know, uh, religious leaders. There was mainly leaders that were members of the body of believers, but, you know, it was those in government and business. Then I'm going around just looking at the, you know, hotel, and then I sighted this map. And I realized, wait a minute, Africa was actually, you know, Egypt all the way down to where I talked about. Then, you know, uh, Libya was all the way to present-day Chad. That's why in Acts chapter 2, the upper parts of Libya, even Cyrene. Remember? Anybody remembers what I'm talking about in the book of Acts? Yes. Okay. So we have that. Then the other aspect was Ethiopia actually extended all the way to the Gulf of Guinea. So you have Oceanus Ethiopicus. If you actually search that now on the net as we're speaking, just say, you know, 1644 map of Africa. Earlier maps will even be more serious, but let's even say all the way up to 1644, at least it was still like that. Even present day Israel was considered Africa, but that's for another day is debatable. But I just want you to know what was there. Now, when I looked at that, I asked the Lord, so what are you talking about? And he says, this is what I want you to understand. Because I said, you know, in that day, there will be an altar to me in the midst of the land of Africa and a pillar to me at its border. And it will be for a sign and for a witness to me, the one who is a commander-in-chief of the armed forces of the universe, the Lord of hosts, in the land of Africa. For they, Africans, will cry to me because of the oppressors and I'll send them a savior and a mighty one, and he will deliver them. I was like, oh, wow. That makes a lot of sense. And currently, there is still quite a bit of the oppression, but it's coming to an end. Once the ecclesia wakes up, it's while men slept that the enemy so tears. Then the Lord will be known to Africa, and the Africans will know the Lord in that day, and will make sacrifice and offering. Yes, they will make a vow to the Lord and perform it. And the Lord will strike Africa. He will strike and heal it. They will return to the Lord. And you'll be entreated by them and heal them. Does that include present-day Egypt as a country? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. But it's the entire continent of Africa that God is talking about. And this is where Apostle Nicholson ended, which was verse 23 now. 25, 23 in particular. And that's where I want to take it up from. He says, in that day, so I'm going to emphasize what we were talking about. The aspect of God's covenant with what? People, places, and time. So I'm going to take the aspect of the time because covenant with Africa will come to that another day. For now, just let's understand that in that day, that day, that day, so what day, this particular time and season, 
I can probably touch on covenant with Africa, but I don't want it to just be Africa. Covenant with every land. That's why I want to talk about time. It's a common denominator to all of us. How do you measure your life? Time. How do you measure time? Time. How do you measure even distance? It takes time to measure distance. How do you measure, you know, your timetable? Time. How do you measure your periods in terms of class and other things, including this particular renewal of covenant meeting time? That's why we say, okay, we're supposed to have maximum one and a half hours, you know, unless we decide to push it beyond. Uh, so we say, okay, from the uh, uh, 19 hours UTC or GMT to 2030, you know, will be that particular meeting. And we're now having that meeting, so time. So that's very important. But before I go on to share on the covenant with time and how to renew God's covenant with time in your life, how to renew God's covenant with time in your family, your lineage, your ancestry, you know, how to renew God's covenant with time in your community, your clan, first of all, your community, your tribe, your city, your nation, your continent, uh, your, your world and the entire universe. It's important that, you know, we understand this whole thing about, you know, Egypt. The thing that we're saying now is Africa. Now, uh, Brother Yerg in particular will remember, but I think also Sister Sharon might remember, uh, but Yerg was one following very closely because uh, of some of the friends that he has and some of them became mutual friends. Uh, there was a debate ongoing for, I think, three to maximum five years. Is that correct, Yerg? On, you know, the identity of Egypt uh, as Africa. Very nice story. Yes. So, so then it's like, what is going on here? Uh, why is Abu coming up with these <laughs> strange ideas that, you know, Egypt is Africa. We know Egypt, the Egypt that is in North Africa. But he shouldn't make it the whole of Africa. But after about four years, maximum five, people came to terms with that, at least in our circles. Now, it wasn't until this year that in particular, a particular group that I won't mention the name of on this platform in Jerusalem finally accepted because I sat with the leader and spoke to him very clearly the last time I was in Israel and said, look, you keep saying, you know, you're talking of Isaiah 19 highway, and you're talking of Egypt, Assyria, and Israel, you know, and you only want to talk about the country of Egypt. That's not correct. And he said, well, well, uh, Dr. I understand what you're saying, but that's your perspective. And I'm not saying it's wrong. You have valid points there. But I, I, I would need to really. But this particular time, somebody, a lady shared, and, you know, um, he came up, a few people also, one or two others said, bless be Africa, my people. Assyria, my handiwork. And uh, Israel, my inheritance. Of course, needless to say, that before the end of that conference, at least before I left, you know, 
people had almost gone back to the old, let's be Egypt, my people, but let me get back here. So if we understood that this Egypt we're talking about is Africa, then it will make sense to say Assyria, which is Ashur, if you want to be really, really technical. The Ashurites are in, you know, uh, Iraq, they're in Jordan, they're in Syria, and a little bit in another, you know, uh, which is debatable. So which one then is Assyria? Is this Syria? or Lebanon, which just has a little, little, very tiny bit, or is Iraq that has a lot of Asherites, they still speak the Ashur language, or is it Jordan? Which one? So we need to understand this. In that day, there will be a highway from Africa to the Arabian Peninsula area, including a bit that has to do with current day you know, uh, uh, Armenia, and a little bit of Cyprus, but let me leave that. And then these people will come into Africa and the Africans into that region and the Africans will serve with such people. So when people see things like that happening, they should not be perturbed. Then verse 24, in that day, Israel will be one of three with Africa, the Arabian Peninsula area in general, a blessing in the midst of the land. So, whom the Lord of hosts will bless, saying, bless is Africa, my people. Then the Arabian Peninsula with those edges that I've already talked about, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. And Israel is not limited to the tiny bit of the state of Israel. Israel is a nation of people around the whole world. Of course, there is a location of their inheritance, but he's talking of his inheritance, not their inheritance. Because the, the land was given to people as an inheritance from one blood, which is Acts 17 verse 26. From one blood, he made all nations of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and determine the time set for them and the exact places where they shall live. Now, when you compare that with Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 8, then you see when the Lord gave the nations their inheritance, he gave them their boundaries according to the number of the supervising spirits. Other versions will say the number of the sons of God. Others will even say the sons of Israel. But I prefer the one that says the supervising spirit, because even Israel had a supervising spirit called Michael and still has him. But he was not limited to the land of Canaan. He actually went even to Babylon to release the people. Daniel is very clear on that. I believe we've all got that so far. So that when you're renewing the covenant on a weekly basis, you understand that we are possessing the gates of time first before now all the other things we're renewing covenant with God on. I think I've said enough on that. So let me go back quickly to 
uh, Genesis chapter 1. Now that I've set that particular uh, platform uh, like a foundation, I hope everybody understands what I've just said. Uh, If you have a question for the purpose of making sure everything is clear, I could answer before we move on because I want to go to Genesis chapter 1 right away. Everybody understood what we have said so far? Yep. Yes, sir. Excellent. So we all know Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In this particular version, it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Is that time right there? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the yes. evening and the morning are actually even segments of time that, you know, God has a covenant with. Because God has a covenant with the day and the night. I'm going to take us to the Jeremiah in a moment, you know, so that we can look at it together uh, uh, and we will be able to look at what God himself said. But maybe I should go there first before I come back to this uh, so that it's clear, so that when we're renewing the covenant with time, it is easier. God's covenant with time and with seasons, uh, it will be easy for every one of us So I'm in Deuteronomy, I mean, Jeremiah, excuse me, 33. Verse 19 says, And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day. Do you see that right there? And my covenant with the night. So that there will not be day and night in their season. Then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant. You could put your name there, or put the name of your nation there, or put the name of your family there, if you have a covenant with God. And I don't think you should be here if you don't have a covenant. And if you don't, then better establish one in the blood of Jesus. Because that general covenant is a baseline before the personal covenants that I already talked about the last time, which is personal covenants. And I talked about the covenant that is in the Lord between me and my wife, for example. I can't have that covenant with any other woman in the world as long as she's alive. So there are certain covenants that are unique covenants to you in spite of the fact that there is a general covenant in the blood of Jesus. There are covenants that you sign with God in various areas. I have three covenants in a particular area that has to do with relationship with women. That's why I will never sleep with any other woman apart from my wife. There are other things that I have covenants with God on. But let me get back here. Because even the covenant, how how many of you remember Job 31? 
Anybody remembers that? Mm -hmm. Not everybody. Okay, I'll come back to this because I still have another verse to come to in this particular passage. Let me go to Job 31, just so you understand that you can enter covenants with, with God on various aspects of life, including parts of your body. Job 31, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Mm. Do you see that? Yeah. I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman lustfully, a maid lustfully? That's actually what it means. Now, so you can make a covenant with your eyes. Who knows which other group has used this passage and perverted it? Anybody? There are several, but I just want one that is so popular. Most people know that. How many of you know some, you know, builders with stones? What do you call people who build with stones? Masons. Okay, there are some that are so free, anybody can carry them. <laughs> but we are freed masons, but they are free masons for anybody to come and you know, take. Have you noticed that when they want to take people through some you know, initiation, they blindfold them. There are other groups like that that take people through blindfolding, uh, put a blindfold on them. Do you know of groups like that? So that's making a covenant with their eyes so they will not be able to see in the spirit the way they should see, except that which the dragon wants them to see because they are in darkness. If you happen to come from such a lineage, tonight begin to even break any covenant that any of your people might have signed by dissolving it in the blood of Jesus, abrogating it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every covenant, you know, with the eyes that happen to have sold your eyes to the dragon, his surrogate spirits, all their agents, we declare those covenants dissolved in the blood of Jesus. Lord, if we need to make it a court case, make it very clear to us. So we come there and let there be, you know, a sentence given saying that we have already been mm. substituted by Jesus and his blood has paid for us. Therefore, we cannot continue to be blindfolded. Let the blindfold be taken off now in yeah. the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your people be released. Let them see as clearly as they ought to. Let them hear as clearly as they ought to. Let them speak as, you know, clearly as they ought to be heard. Because some of the blind, blindfolds, I don't know if you know, they put the thing like a sack. Has anybody seen that, at least in movies? Mm. They mm. put something like a sack over you all the way to the neck. Yes, I saw it. Yes, great. So it's like, it's not only your eyes, your ears, but also your mouth. Could that be the reason why some people cannot speak freely? Could that be the reason why certain nations cannot speak freely? Could that be the reason why, you know, certain regions, including, you know, the Hezbollah land, 
that people had dedicated to Europa had that kind of challenge where you have to be politically correct. Could that be the reason why North America, because at some point, these Freemasons in 1776, for those of you from the United States of America, you know, did some things. And, you know, as a result, they actually have made people such that they, you have to be quiet because you have to be politically correct. What do you mean by politically correct? Anyway, let me go on with what I'm saying. So you now know the covenant with day, the covenant with night. God has a covenant. Let God's covenant for me, for the Ba'o family, for our lineage, for our ancestries, maternally, paternally on both sides of my wife and my own side, and, you know, that, that which has to do with local Shema Foundation for Leadership Resource Development, that which has to do with the Global Altar Watch, that which has to do with any platform I'm related to and all the families thereon. Let those covenants be renewed. Let those covenants be activated. Let mm. those covenants be brought mm. to bear upon our lives from now on so that the enemy cannot take undue advantage of us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be day and night in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant. Do you know what you should say when you're praying? Since there has been a day today and there has been a night, and they've been coming in their mm. season mm. since I was born. God's covenant with me cannot be broken. So get out of my way, dragon. Get out of my way, you agents of the dragon. Get out of my way, surrogate spirits of the dragon and all of your agents. In the name of Jesus, God's covenant with me stands until you can change his covenant and break his covenant with the night and break mm. his covenant with the day and break, yeah. you know, the, the seasons and the rhythm of time. Mm. Until you can do that, you can't stop me. Mm -hmm. So, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne, and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. So, he wasn't just talking about David, he was talking about kings and priests. Is anybody still with me? Mm. Mm. Yes, and according sir. to Revelation chapter 5, verse mm. 10. God says he has made us kings and priests what, yeah. unto our God, and we shall reign on the earth. I am going to reign whether the dragon likes it or not. It doesn't matter all that they have done, right from the times of the Rockefellers to the times of the Kissingers. And, you know, first of all, you know, the, 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 the yeah, uh, various guys, the uh, Red Shield Rothschilds, and, 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 you know, the Samuels and, all of the people that are there, I don't want to even glorify them mentioning their names unnecessarily. I'm saying that whatever they had programmed, they will not be able to stop me. They will not be able to stop you. They will not be able to stop our family. They will not be able to stop your family. They will not be able to stop our lineage and our ancestries. They will not be able to stop our clans and tribes. They will not be able to stop our nations. It is only while men sleep that they can do these things. Are there any kings and, and priests still on this platform? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we are reigning, whether the dragon likes it or not. As the host of heaven cannot be numbered, nor the sand on, of the sea measured, so will I multiply the descendants of my servant and also my ministers. Who are the servants and ministers? Kings and priests. In this particular case, he used David and Levites as a type. So everybody saw with me. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, have you not considered what these people have spoken? Saying the two families which the Lord has chosen, he has also cast them off. Thus they have despised my people as if they should no more be a nation before them. Let me make a quick comment here. You argue well with me. I don't know if Sharon was with us then. Was it in Haifa? Where was it that I challenged the people? Because they, they kept talking about their Jews and all of that. And, and you, I remember you saying, oh, la, 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 you're looking for trouble. Because I said, you know, which of you here can prove that you're a Jew? Unless you come from the lineage of Levi or Levi, and maybe a half-tribe of Judah in the sense that, you know, at least some of you were able to trace because you had those things uh, kept in terms of the records. The rest of the records were destroyed, it is alleged, by General Titus of the Roman army when he marched on Jerusalem in AD 70. So stop trying to talk about you're a Jew. How many of you can prove you're a Jew? Some of you even are just Russians who follow some Jews here. <laughs> and it was like, oh, la, 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 this guy is looking for trouble. But I was just saying something that was truthful. York, do you remember whether it was Haifa or where was it? Well, one of them where we were in trouble was in uh, Cyprus. With yes, one of them went when I was, we were in Cyprus, but the one that I was, remember was in Haifa. Well, remember Haifa. In an underground place. Yeah, because after that, I was invited along with my team to go, and we were told that that's the first time ever, in quotes, a Gentile was invited to go and preach there. Remember, it was in the Valley of Megiddo. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Aha. Uh -huh. Because it is like, wow. It really finally went home. The message went home. And they decided to invite me and my team to come. And we were the first, in quotes, Gentiles to come and preach in that Messianic congregation. Because it says these two families. I am just saying that those are the only two families that you could really. And for me, it was very easy. And I said it there in Haifa. I said, I believe. God was just saying something. So don't miss, you know, the forest for the tree. What is it? God was saying that it's kings and priests that need to be in place because of what I want to say in the end times. That's why it's the lineage of Judah, David, and the lineage of Levi. Now, verse 25, thus says the Lord. I hope somebody got what I just said. What I've just said is that as long as the earth remaineth, 
I'm almost going to now. <laughs> Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 to 22. But let me leave that alone. Because that's actually the altar and the covenant that came as a result. But, but here, what I am saying in essence is that as long as the earth remains and you remain a king or a priest, you will always continue to be before the Lord. Does that make sense? So verse 25 now says, Thus says the Lord, If my covenant is not with the day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, this is much, much, much deeper than you think. Because now we're talking about the gates of time. We're talking about the various aspects of expressions of ordinances of the heavens and the ordinances of the earth, the laws that govern the universe. Then I will cast away the descendants of Yaakov and David, my servant, so that I will not take any of his descendants to be rulers over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. For I will cause their captives to return and will have mercy on them. For those of you that have done a bit of study on principles of Bible interpretation. You know the law of double or multiple interpretations, especially under the you know, uh, theological principles where you're talking about the prophetic. That Isaiah could talk about one mountain, but he's actually maybe two or three mountains because he saw the first and second coming of Christ as just one because the peaks were in just the same view to him. So it is understanding things at that level. I will help you to now say, okay, so this was speaking to the people there and then it was also speaking to the future. So don't set aside Yaakov, don't set aside David, don't set aside Abraham, don't set aside Isaac, don't set aside anybody, but don't also make it so exclusive to them that whatever God is saying also that is supposed to be applied cannot be applied. Because there was a prophecy that was a messianic prophecy that Paul was told applies to him by Jesus himself. You can go and read your Bible again. So we need to actually let God be God and become kingdom-minded, kingdom-disposed as against being too religiously dogmatic. Okay, I think I've said enough. Let me go back to my Genesis chapter 1. I hope so far so good we are together, after which I might open it up for the questions. You know, because I had gotten to Genesis chapter 1, and we were in verse 3, actually verse 5. That's where we were, verse 5. So everybody still with me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Excellent. Good. So God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, another time, if God permits, I will show you how to use the evening tide and the dawn to literally wage a good warfare. Now, one of the things I dealt with there in praying through the gates of time was, you know, the evening tide and the dawn, the day spring, etc., etc. Uh, but there is a whole full teaching on either one of them 
so it will be something that I might have to ask the um, technical team to look for and ensure it's available should anybody be looking for it. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let me jump to verse 8. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. So because we're no more talking about places, we're just talking about time. And then verse 9, you see what happens. Verse 13, he says, so the evening and the morning were the third day. And then you go to verse 19. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 23, so the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then finally, verse 31. I hope you're all following. Verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, let me go back to verse 14 to maybe uh, 19, because I want to say something there. What we have read so far from Jeremiah 33, verses 20 and 25, forget the rest of the verses, don't forget verses 20 and 25, is the fact that God has a covenant with day and night. God has a covenant that also automatically deals with the ordinances of the heavens and of the earth. That's verse 25. I hope you, you followed so far. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. So there were ordinances. There were specific rules. There were specific regulations. There are specific patterns. There were specific commands. This is Psalm 148, verse 6. For he commanded and they were created. He gave a decree that will never pass away. He set them in place forever and ever. So there is a specific place, there is a specific instruction for each heavenly body, and there are specific orbits. All of that is just in this verse right here. Job 38 talks about that in verse 33. You know, I've already just given you another scripture. All right? And there are several scriptures on that. So let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So the ordinances that we see in, you know, Job 38 verse 33, the ordinances we see in Psalm 148 verse 6 and other scriptures. Because I could go to Isaiah and all the others. Jeremiah, you've just seen. That was 33 verse 25. Those ordinances are for a purpose. And did you know these are the billboards that every part of the universe actually sees? Maybe you didn't get that, but that's all right. Let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So a covenant with time will be also for signals. Uh, I remember when people were talking about blood moons and all of, all, of, all of that. Let them be for lights. Let me finish with signs. Then for seasons. First of all, you heard they're for lights. Uh, and those lights are supposed to divide the day and the night. 
then for signs, seasons, days, years, uh, 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 and then lights, to give light on the earth, then to rule the day, to rule the night, you know, uh, and that is something that you can give minimum of eight specific instructions or some people say 10. You can take your time, go through, you will see in terms of the job description for these lights in the firmament of the heavens. All right? <clears throat> so these are ordinances, but the, the covenant with day and night is supposed to be, that's the focus for us because we're talking of renewal of covenants over your life, over your family, your lineage, your ancestry, your clan, your tribe, your community, your city, your nation, and even all the eight gates of society and the continents and the world at large. So that's why I'm not taking too much time to go one by one in these is just as it relates to you, God's covenant with time that relates to his work in your life and through your life in the earth and in the universe. So when you're renewing covenants, remember this. Okay? And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, which we see in Psalm 136 verse 8, that is talking about the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, which we see in Psalm 136 Verse 9, I was talking about the moon, and he made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. So that's another aspect, you know. Uh, so apart from the lights in the firmament of the heavens, they are for light on, on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So, what have I said so far? That if you know the laws that govern these heavens, the ordinances of the heavens, they look very simple. You'll be able to set up their dominion on the earth because there is the ordinances of the earth. I'm just taking you to Job 38 so that you can see you know, for yourself. So it's not something I am trying to say that's not in your Bible. All right, so Job 38, permit me to start from verse 31. All right, here we go. Can you bind the cluster of Pleiades? And the old King James says, can you bind the sweet influences of Pleiades? Because of what it is about. That particular Pleiades, interesting, is a group of seven stars. And I took some of our students from the advanced school of the world and showed them the cluster of Pleiades, you know, on the road to Aburi here in Ghana, outside Accra, for those of you that know Ghana. And then it says, oh, can you lose the belt of Orion? Can you bring up Mataroth in its season? Or can you guide the great bear with its cub or lead out the great bear with its cub? And you're talking of Aturus, and that particular one, you know, will be for another day. So you understand how this affects your commerce, your business, how you can fix prices from the start, how God helped us with an individual who decided to take this seriously. He got a $10 billion asset 
for a nominal fee of one US dollars. I got a copy of that particular uh, agreement. But anyway, that's for another day. Verse 33, do you know the ordinances of the heavens? That's where we were going. Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you set their dominion over the earth? And that's what the Genesis chapter 1 was about. From verse 14 down to verse 18. Verse 19 is just talking about the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you set their dominion over the earth? Now, I permit you to unmute unless read together, but remove do you and remove can you. I hope you understand that. Remove do you and remove can you. So three go. No, no, So if you know the ordinances of the heavens, it's very easy. You set their dominion over the earth. Can I tell you something? Here are people who are actually using the media of communication to literally try and, you know, rule your mind. The people have finally admitted that even N95 cannot block any virus out at the level that they're talking about because the microns, you know, are not fine enough to block out the virus. But they were able to convince you. Why? They use the media communication and don't go off on a tangent now. It's a pandemic, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying here, now that you know that there are some billboards that once you advertise things on, automatically the rest of creation, the rest of the universe will see. Who remembers the billboards quickly? Somebody help me. The sun and the moon. The sun, the sun, the moon, and the stars. The constellations. Yeah, that includes all of that. So, at the end of the day, if we are talking in terms of what you could easily change. That's one of the easiest ways to go about changing. Can we then, at least, for people like our brothers, you know, Michael Ademia Jefferson, uh, Alvin Nicholson, the Apostles of God, and all the others, Jörg Neuliger, Professor, all of you, beginning, can we begin to look at things and say, how do we renew the covenant, even for the rest who don't understand yet? How do we ensure that we can now begin to advertise, we make announcements, we publish in the heavens using the ordinances according to God's original covenant with the day and the night? the sun, the moon, the stars, the constellations. Okay, 
I guess I have to stop here and let people ask one or two questions so I don't use all the time just, you know, talking alone. That means you could make a comment. So it's either comment, question, contribution, point of clarification, you know, whatever it is that you have. Let's feel free. I barely started with the Genesis chapter one, but I think we got something, didn't we, out of that? Uh, Dr. Baku. Yes, sir. The, the re- uh, statement of the covenant in Genesis 8 after the flood. Yeah. Was that then a renewal of that which God had spoken in Genesis 1? Exactly. Thank you for drawing all of our attention to that because I just said that in passing that as long as the earth remaineth, mm. we could actually go there. They say, mm -hmm. you know, it was actually a renewal, and mm. not only as it pertained to chapter 8, but chapter 9. So I'm mm. going to show us that in a moment, so that then, you know, what uh, the Apostle of God just said will become very glaring mm. for all of us. Now, uh, let me see if I can quickly share the screen again. Uh, yeah, here we go. So after that, I'm going to allow you to finish your comment. I just thought it's very important, pertinent that people understand. So Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal, of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. You know, almost everywhere you see covenant, there is an altar. And you also have land and all the other issues, but that's not the focus now. Mm. The Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground. You see the land aspect? For man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, that is the one that you are referring to. While mm -hmm. the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So God is renewing the covenant, reaffirming the covenant. So until the earth is no more, there can never be, you know, any removal of seed time and the harvest and the cycles of harvest from one seed time and the cold and the heat, the winter and the summer, the day and the night, even if you are at the poles, even if it is six months of daylight, six months of nighttime, it's still going to be day and night, shall not cease. All right. So God blessed Noah and his son and said, be fruitful and multiply. Is that like renewal of covenant right there? The Adamic covenant. And then he goes on. 
you know, same kind of dominion again over every moving thing and all of that. And, you know, the only thing is that in the renewal, he now allowed man to eat, you know, things that he had not given him before. Because it was only to eat herbs. And if you're in the other side, you say herbs. But you shall not eat flesh with his life that is in his blood. Say every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I've given you all things, even as the green herbs were given to you before. Because he said before, I didn't give you any of these, but now I'm giving you. Why? Because the nutrient density of the food had been lowered by this time because of the flood. But that's for another day. Uh, so that's the aspect of the renewal of covenant. There are other places that there are renewals of covenant that had to do with this. But I think this was what you referred to. I just said that it will be both the aspect of the day and night and then the aspect of the rest of creation. So go ahead and finish your comments, sir. Yeah, no, the, the comment had to do with, um, with the, the fact that God wants, if nobody else but his ecclesia, to understand the significance of this covenant with time. Yeah. And to pursue it in the light of what he expects the ecclesia to accomplish in time. That's correct. So that the kairos within the chronos will be understood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. many people say, mm -hmm. people use all kinds of jargons. We're not using jargons. The kairos that has to do with the appointed specific mm -hmm. opportune time mm -hmm. shouldn't mm -hmm. be too difficult to understand. When you're following a timetable, is the same day as everybody else, is the same hour as everybody else, but the activity is according to your appointment. <laughs> so the appointed time, opportune time, understanding the times and knowing what we should do, like the mm -hmm. sons of Issachar, is what we're talking about. We're not trying to now make you an observer of times. No, no, that's a different thing altogether. We're talking about following the timetable of God. Following mm. the periods according to, okay, by this time, this is what you should be learning. But you went to school and even your classmates that were not necessarily doing the same course with you had a different thing they were listening to at the same time too. And that's what we need to know as a Christian. Thank you, sir. Mm. 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 Right. Are you through, sir? Yes, 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 yes. Well, Shara has had her hand up for quite a while. She can go ahead. And yeah. then uh, if Michael Adeferasin has anything to say, the apostle can speak. Okay, okay Shara, go ahead. Good evening, uh, um, Dr. Michael. Uh, this is Okay, Gabriel. sorry. Yeah, it, because I saw your wife say name. I said she has something. Okay. Yeah. Give what, her God her has, what God has done. Let's go ahead. 
Well, God has joined together, let no one put us under. Loud and clear. So they, well, I just wanted to ask, in going through the, the creation in Genesis 1, on a particular day, yeah. on other days, God said it was good. On a particular day, day two, he never said when God divided the firmament, I mean, the waters from the waters, there was no mention that it was good. Is that he didn't okay. close there somehow, the day two. He never said it was good on day two. Is there something hidden there for us to, to um, try and sieve out? Other days, he said it was good. Day one, day three. He, he, was, doing, he was doing what you call, you know, quality management and quality control systems operation. Hmm. And, but I'll let you finish. Sorry for interjecting. Go on, sir. So he just said, other days, God said, it was good. On day two, there was no statement like that. So I was just asking if there's something hidden there for us to investigate. Well, well, it's okay. not mentioned day two that it was good. Okay. What is there is that if you look at the waters, anything that had to do with the waters was good thereafter. And you know, it was so, it was so, it was so. You could then say, uh, he didn't necessarily say that on day one. But we know it is implied. Right? Yeah, day one actually said it. He that said it was it, so? Yeah. I just said it was good. Verse four, in Genesis 1, 4, say, and God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the night light day, and the darkness he called night. So, so where is it that it was so? No, I'm talking about it was good, it was good, it yeah, was yeah. good. So um, I am also coming to now yeah. say you're right. It is only implied. It is not specifically stated. Yeah. But in the same vein, in verse I mean, the day one, it didn't say, and it was so. Though there was light. Because it's implied then. Same thing here in day two. He says, and it was so. But it doesn't say, and it was good. Mm. So it's implied. And I was already trying to say that the firmament was dividing the waters above from the waters beneath, right? Uh -huh. Now, yeah. the waters under the heavens, when he gathered them, and he called them sea, in mm. verse 9 and 10, mm. you see, let the dry land appear, and it was so, and God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. So, mm. Then you now go to the heavens in verse 14 going, right? Mm -hmm. End of verse 18 says, and it was good. Is that correct? You have your Bible open. Yes, it is. Okay. So that's the point I'm making here. That if you want to look at it from that perspective, then, then it is actually within the context of the passage. Are okay. there a lot of 
hidden messages? Yes, a lot. You need to read it in Hebrew. It will really change the way you look at it. Because even the issue of in the beginning, I was pleasantly, should I say pleasantly surprised or shocked to see what it read in the original Hebrew. And then it resolved the whole question of how come, you know, places like China and Egypt have recorded history, you know, uh, for seven, eight thousand, sometimes ten thousand years recorded, documented. And your Bible seems to show it's only about six thousand years. Because mm. my attention was drawn to it because. Ghana's ambassador to China at some point, I won't say when, because I don't want to, it will be tantamount to mentioning names, came back and he was a bit confused. How come the Bible gives us the impression from the Bible scholars? It might not be the Bible, but that's what we've been taught. As the earth is just about 6,000 years old. And I have cited, by virtue of my position in China, I was able to go to even cross-check, you know, the places that the documents were mentioning, and it was true. How come there is recorded history that is beyond 7,000 years? Hmm. But then hmm. in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the construction of the Hebrew, is in a beginning. Meaning there have been several beginnings since the actual beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me leave that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Thank you. All right. So, next person, please. Uh, is the apostle coming on or somebody else? I have a question, Dr. Bako. Yes, go um, ahead. In my childlike curiosity, and according to what you shared with the covenant with the sun and the moon. Um, yeah. Is that what Joshua knew in his heart when he commanded the sun to stand still and the moon? You're right. And it wasn't just Joshua, but Joshua's own became so real. Where did Joshua learn it from, Sister Rhonda? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I can't think fast enough. Okay. Uh, who was he assisting? Moses. Oh, could that be where he learned it from? Does it mean he didn't have a personal relationship with God? He did. According to, you know, Exodus 33 verse 11, even when Moses went back to the tent, Joshua stayed before the Lord. And when Moses was working, he just assisted Moses every time. All right, so did, did you ever read Deuteronomy 32, verse 1 to 3 or 4? Can you read verses 1 and 2 for us quickly, please? Deuteronomy 32? Correct, Sister Rhonda. Okay, so it says, Give ear, O heavens, and let me speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. Wait, who is speaking here? Is this the Lord? Moses. Oh, so Moses is actually asking the heavens to listen to him? Yes. 
Oh, wow. And he wants to teach them. Now read it again. Give ear, O heavens, and let me speak. Mm-hmm. And let the earth hear the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as the droplets on the fresh grass, and as the showers on the herb. Wow. So Rhonda can teach the heavens. Oh, it was only meant for Moses. No, sir. We can. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, so, So Joshua got it from Moses. Because he was almost always with Moses. So he could see, oh, so actually we can speak to the heavens. But on the day, Joshua had to clear with the Lord. Go to Joshua chapter 10, verse 10. Because it's verse 12 to 14 you're referring to. But start from verse 10. Have you found it? She's muted. Can I read it? Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Uh, Josh... You went went straight to... I said from verse 10, right? Okay, the Lord routed. Yes, yes, the Lord routed. Okay, that's, that's great. Okay, I'm reading from the NIV. Do you want me to read? Okay. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You don't have to. Mm. See, my challenge sometimes is I have too many, uh, what do you call it, uh, versions in my head. I need to <laughs> stop. Go on. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Ezekiah and Makeda. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Horon to Ezekiah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them, and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Pause there. I know we came here for a different reason. Did you know in Job 38, there are storehouses in heaven for hailstones, for snow, and all of that. And th- there are those reserved just for the day of trouble and battle. But anyway, that's for another day. Let's go to verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it's written in the book of Joshua. Before you continue, before you continue, I know we are going to verse 14, but verse 12 is what I referred to earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Did you see something there? Joshua said it to the Lord. Oh, I see. So he spoke to the Lord first. He made sure he cleared it with the Lord. I saw my master do this, but I want to be sure that's what you want me to do now. Is that all right, sir? Yes. David inquired of the Lord. Yes. 
and he did things. Does that make sense? So that it doesn't say, I said, Rhonda can do whatever Moses could do, so she doesn't need to play with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So after he has played with the Lord, the Lord put his words in his mouth, according to Isaiah 51 verse 16, you know, that he might by him plant the heavens and lay foundations for the earth. So once you receive the word of the Lord or the go ahead to speak, then you just receive those words and speak them out. So he could now say, hey, son, stand thou still, I give you. And you moon over the valley of Aijalon. And they stood still for almost a whole day. And that's how it is alleged Apollo 11 were able to land on the moon because of Joshua chapter 10. The first 10 missions failed until somebody remembered that during their first day of the, uh, of the week school, otherwise known by the Babylonians as Sunday school class, they had learned about the sun and the moon standing still. So the landing of the lunar model needed to be adjusted for that lost time. And once they calculated it and added the one that had to do with Hezekiah, you know, the 40 minutes, this one was 23 hours, you know, then they were able to land on the moon. But anyway, that's for another day. So I'll finish your reading. Okay. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Did you want me to read 14? Yes, that's what I said. Okay. There has never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Okay. There have been many days since then. Would you like to know? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I just give you one. Jörg, can you just speak briefly on, uh, uh, how do you say, Jung, Jung, Jungfrau Joch? Jungfrau Joch, yes. Okay, can you just speak? And you this, you uh, Sharon was actually with us that day. Yes, you mean to speak Concerning about the sun. Sun. the sun. Yes. Well, the Prabhu was, we, we came out from the ice tunnel into the it's about 3,000 meters above sea level or even more. Uh, it's 38,000 feet above sea level because we, we read that and that's almost like where you have the planes. But anyway, go on. So and the cloud cover and all that. Unfortunately, there was not much view. It was all cloudy. And Dr. Abu commanded the sun to shine for the glory of God. And it happened. And it was, I don't remember, was it three times or twice? Three times. It was three times. Okay. I'll say, go back. Now come back out. Now go back. Come back out. Now go ahead and finish. <laughs> well, another aspect was all the... Indians and Chinese who were around, who could not understand what happened, but they saw what happened. And they were in a, 
surrounding our small team, I think we were seven persons, surrounding us and looked at us as, as we were gods, or I don't know what. And they That's asked me. you whether they could join us <laughs> for our own kind of prayer. Yeah, kind of strange things, yes. But I asked one of the guys uh, separately from this event, why there were so many Chinese and why there were so many uh, Indians here. And the man, a young man, laughed at me and said, but don't you know this is second most important holy mountain of the world and we come here to get power. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I believe Sister Rhonda understands what we just said. Yes, thank so, you. So, so you have the power to be able, when you need that, you can speak to the sun, it will be. You can speak to the moon, it will be. You can speak to the stars, they will be. By the mercies of God, we've done that several times. Even for lightning, people who have trained, they have been able to call lightning and send lightning to uproot a tree that was 470 years old. And that green tree was burnt to ashes because it's possible. That's what it, it, God put us here for. Okay, I think I've said enough. Let me see if um, maybe Apostle Adefarasin wants to speak or anybody else quickly and then that will be the last and we might have to stop. I was just checking my time on this other device. Please feel free if you need to. No, sir, yeah, I don't really have to say. Sorry? Just, I don't really have much to, anything to say except maybe just give a small contribution to what we do. Um, for example, um, from Psalm 19, yeah. we are we're in the month of Tishri. And the yeah. constellation associated with this month is the constellation of Libra, which... Yeah. Uh, the arrangement of the stars or the billboard is that of scales. So that auto automatically tells us that to plant the heavens, we need to follow what the billboards of heaven are advertising, the scales, which talks about judgment, which talks about justice, and so on and so forth. And then there are some stars that are related to it. And one of the stars means to be swept away. So this is the month where you pray with scriptures like Isaiah, sweeping things away, imposing God's judgment. Yes, and imposing God's justice over the gates of government, governance, and so on and so forth. And in every constellation, there are three deacons which are, have amplifying signs of the major constellation. And when you look at all the different names of the stars and everything, most of them correlate to certain scriptures in the Bible. 
So you use those scriptures in the Bible that the stars correlate to because most of the stars in the original Hebrew names or Arabic names are correlated to certain scriptures. So you can use those scriptures to program the heavens to accomplish the purposes for which God has put those billboards in the heavens according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 and 16. 14 to 16. Amen. Excellent. Well, uh, I believe that we could stop here unless there is a pressing issue other than that. If there is a pressing question, maybe comment, contribution, point of clarification, then we can otherwise then we can just go ahead and close at this point. Uh, for reverse, so has her hands up. Okay, go ahead, please. Yeah. Good afternoon. All right, good. Um, well, good afternoon. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, Dr. Baku, yes. we have been, uh, what is the word? Blinded of, or, or deceived and with a deception that is so powerful and lasting because in many cases, instances, our first encounter with some of these things are in the occultic. <laughs> and therefore, we shied away from them, yes. afraid to really um, get into the, into the depth of these things. And so when we see it or hear it being taught and unfolded in the scriptures, there is a measure of um, apprehension yeah. because of our first encounter, because the satanic world understands and you have been utilizing all these principles and benefits that should have been for God's people. That's a very, because very valid point. Horoscope, all those signs and so are on horoscopes. For example, you know, but we don't okay. know the full meaning and application. Is it horoscope or they created the horoscope? Right. Because the original, uh, now you are provoking something that I won't be able to definitely complete. Please finish what you're saying while I look up Job and share my uh, screen as the final thing. So finish what you're saying, please. So I don't. All I'm saying is that we have to. Um, remove the blinkers, the filters, and approach God's word with an open mind or with the mind of Christ and, you know, make, um, get an encounter with the truths and accept them and utilize them. Thank you, Ma. This is very important contribution, Dr. Rivers. The fact that somebody has perverted something is proof that there is an original. 
We also do know that I've said several times that when you talk about crooked stick, the best resolution to that argument is to bring the straight stick and put it next to the crooked stick, and it will be evident. You can't have a counterfeit if there is no original. But I was going to something here. You know, can you bring forth Maseroth in their season? There's a world of difference between astronomy and astrology. The occult people happen to have copied what is supposed to be from us. Maseroth. Uh, let me try and make it bigger. Hopefully, it will be easier for all of us. Okay, Maserat. So you can see it big enough. I just wanted you to see something before we even, probably at another time, take this up. A feminine pl plural. Noun, Maserat, known for a constellation of stars. The word refers to constellations, possibly Venus, an evening or morning star, or Hyades, in the constellation Taurus. Did you hear about Pleiades? It's in the neck of the bull, Taurus. Others suggest a reference to the southern constellation of the zodiac. I'm doing this deliberately. So you will see what the zodiac is about, which is from Zawad, which is from, you know, that which is set apart for holy use only, Mezar, from Nezar, from which you got the same root from which you got Nazarene, okay? The bear is mentioned in the second half of the verse. And then, you know, if you were to go to the others, which we won't for today, but you saw when I first did this, maybe I better let you see what I'm talking about. Uh, sorry about that. My Bible, you know, app seemed to have closed suddenly. Uh, so let me just do that and then I'll allow, you know, Brother Defarson to say what he needs to say. But here, if you see the Maserat, you know, what I should look up this, you see you have this one, which is the Complete Word Study Bible Dictionary. Then you have another one, which is Mounsey's Complete. And then you have this one, which is, you know, Olive Tree Enhanced, which has so many. So Nezare, all those are the Mazara, Mazarot, all that. So then you have yet another one here, which is the enhanced, then there is the New American Standard Bible one. Let me leave it at that. Uh, so what am I saying in essence? That when you take your time and study, you will realize there is a world of difference from I mean, between what you call astronomy, which is just a scientific study of the influence 
of the heavenly bodies in terms of their relative position. And that's general for anybody that you have the law of attraction, magnetic pools. And that's probably something we need to take our time and get into for another day. But you do know that when you have full moon, what happens to the tides? Dr. Rivers or anybody else? The tides are high. Yes. So you have the high tide. Yeah. When you have new moon, what is it? Low tide. Tides are old, yes. So you end up with people, even Accra, going to sea during low tide and certain phases of the moon. Once it's full moon, they don't go to sea to catch fish because their boats go capsized. So that has nothing to do with occultism. That's astronomy, not astrology, which is satanic, you know, prophecy and all the other things attached to that. Monthly pronostication, which is why probably if you hear somebody like Adefarasin and if you had come to our, you know, uh, advanced school of the world, where I actually taught the map of the heavens. This was uh, 2012 or 2002. Uh, uh, Sister Esther, Dr. Bachman, you were there. Osu Children's Home, which year was this? Or is she no longer on the, online? I'm online, I'm online, sir. Which year? Was it 2002, three or 12? I don't know. 2002 or so. 2002. So that's correct. So that's about 20 years ago. I was teaching the maps of the heavens. But when people began to have unnecessary challenges, I said, okay, don't worry. I don't think the body is fully ready. But I took the students and showed them Pleiades. They actually saw their eyes and we counted the seven stars so it wasn't a story anymore to them nobody can convince them otherwise because they have seen what we're talking about so but unfortunately a lot of the things the enemy tries to take so that we'll run away as the people of God from it uh, so that I don't take too much more time let me allow Apostle Adephrasis to speak and then we'll just end this. Okay. Please go. So, yeah. Um, the issue for me here is there's, there's a very fine line between astronomy and, and astrology, which is a perversion of the astronomy. But how far do we go if we say that we shouldn't be if the scriptures tell us we shouldn't be ignorant of the device of the devil we know that the astrologers for example um use the 24 mansions of the moon to program was with 28 so they are short changes. 28 yes <laughs> to program certain things at different times of the day and the night if we don't understand those things, how do we counteract them? So how far do we go? Do we study about those things? 
how they use the 28 mansions of the moon at different times to achieve different things that they want to do. The, the Muslims, that's what they do when they're praying, especially the people that know their, uh, that, that know their beings. Okay. They know how to program things in the earth using the, the, the mansions. Okay. And these are things. So how far do we go? Do, do we go and study about those things as well? That's a question a lot of people ask me. Okay. Let me put it this way. Um, our sister Sharon has already put something that is on the GotNet website, gotnetwork.org. But apart from that, what did God say in the Job 38, verse 33 we, we read? Are there ordinances already put out in the scriptures? Yes, there are. Forgive me if it sounds a bit, you know, I don't know how else to refine it. The average believer is intellectually lazy. So as a result, we have not studied enough because the Bible is the manual on life. Like you rightly say, throughout is not just the Arabic and the Jewish. Literally, when we taught that, and Dr. Bachman is online and maybe one or two others, when I taught the map of the heavens, Aldebaran, all those names, you see the Chinese have similar names, the Japanese have similar names. How could it be that all the cultures have names that mean the same thing if it is not God making an announcement? And these people don't even know about astrology the way the others are putting the things across. Is it possible? See, my people are not destroyed because there is a devil, not because of the occultic, but it's because of their lack of knowledge. So in answer to the question, maybe we need to even hold a whole seminar on this. We can do so. But we should go to God first. Otherwise, we'll be actually playing catch up with them if we have to learn from them. Because the chambers, the chambers of the south, we actually read about that right, right in Job. And Job 9, verse 9 also talks about that. I could go to other scriptures because I have been privileged to teach that for years. I've seen quite a few things. So, but the point here is that should we be playing catch up with them? Because it's not just them. Indians also do the same. You know, some people have actually been able to program stars for six months just to be able to buy British steel, for example, for one pound sterling. Now, somebody did not even spend more than maybe 30 minutes, an hour praying and saying, God, I'm sorry. If what chief is saying, that's what he calls me. If what chief is saying, because I'm called chief servant by quite a number in Logosrema. So he said, I am new to this place. I am, I am not that deep. But God, if what he's saying is true, I want to test it out. I want to be able to fix the price. And he fixed the price for a 10 million, sorry, wrong, 10 billion with a B, not M, billion dollar asset. Or one dollar. He was just 
joking as far as he was concerned. And it worked. He just wanted to test to see if it is true. How much more if you knew the ordinances? By the way, we all know, and I know you know, and it is because of people you are asking that question. That whether it's Joseph Sis or uh, William Bullinger or any of those others have written so many books on the heavens. I could share the screen to show you those covers. Maybe in two weeks' time we can do that. Today, so it doesn't look like we really, really have overstayed our welcome because we'll have only two more minutes to finish the uppermost limit, you know, but if you read them, Bullinger, for example, lets you know in the gospel in the stars, you know, that Abraham, the gospel was preached to him in advance. You'll find that in, you know, Galatians 3 verse 8, and that is found in Genesis 15, because Genesis 15 verse 6 you will see it also in uh, uh, Galatians 3, 6, word for word. And Abraham believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. So he was brought out to the open so he can enumerate the stars. And the word enumerate is like census. And you count people not on the street. You count them by households. True or false? Somebody help me in a census. Yes, you do. It's by households. So yes. he was talking about the households of the stars, which is the constellations. And he said Jesus will be born of a virgin, but he'll come back as the king of kings, the lord of lords, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hence, the entire circle of 12 constellations and, you know, 36 decans that you were talking about, you know, is the story of Jesus coming born of a virgin, Virgo, and returning as the king of kings, the lord of lords, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Leo. So if they now copied it and perverted it, we shouldn't leave it to them. We come back for our thing and give the original. I don't know if that helps in any shape or form for now because we don't have the time to do a long teaching, because we're talking about a week to two weeks of teaching on just that, that I did on the map of the heavens. I say I hope that helps, though it was just an abridged version. Thank you. Um, uh, by the way, we're entering into a new moon on the third day of the week, and the moon is by Mercury and Jupiter is in the mix. And when you examine what all that means, we have to pray that the things that the dark side are planning are swept away. That is good. Uh, mm. At least at this level for now. Uh, we will get to a place where we can program. And by the time they are coming, they realize we've already gone so many miles ahead. So it's good. The reason why I don't seem to be pushing too much is because you and I know that 
not everybody is on the same plane and we don't want to scare anybody away in the process. But he is right. It's important that you know these things and what they represent. But like Sister Sharon said, start with just this whole thing about understanding the teaching on the heavens, just that, before now you go to the next level. Because what Apostle Adepharasim is saying is very important, but it's not everybody that is on the same level. So at least, I love what he said, at least say that on the day of the new moon, anything that the dark side is planning will be swept away according to Isaiah 14, 23. It will use the broom of destruction to sweep away anything Babylon is planning. That one, you are safe. You're planning, you're praying the scriptures. All right? And then with time, we can go into the specifics. And then you can see precept upon precept, line upon line, so that you can understand from the scriptures. It won't be what they are saying. It's what God is saying. And then we'll move on from there. Does that make sense? Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, thank you for the privilege of your attention, your time, and, you know, uh, your presence. We don't take it for granted. Uh, we really appreciate that. And we hope it was useful that you were able to make it and, you know, by the time we finally go, you know, maybe the next leg of the covenant with time, you will get greater understanding. And then we can now go to the other aspect of covenant with places and then with people and we'll be through with this aspect. And you apply it to yourself, apply it to your family, marriage, etc., etc., Because that's the purpose. It's for renewal of covenants. And we want people to pray for their nations and know how to renew the covenant. Because believe it or not, there are secretions do many focus, you know, with the birthday of your precedents, and they try to confuse issues for you. Uh, so we can do the right thing. Well, shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you once again.